0: It's, it's real hip-hop music Come on. Come on. Yes, yes, y'all. you are tuned in to another episode of major journalism. I am your host David Trom Big Shanks, bringing you uh, all kinds of insightful conversation um, conversations about personal growth, about politics, about music, about culture. Um, This kind of uh, first group of episodes have been, you know, trending towards personal development, personal growth. Um, That was not by design, but I'm going to claim that it was, because everything is by design, whether by my way or by, you know, the uh, eternal Intelligence, so we're gonna say that it was by design, and today, I have the pleasure um, <laughs> of um sitting down and chopping it up with a someone I know very well <laughs> um this young lady um came into my life uh some twenty like thirty years. Yeah, some <laughs> twenty-seven years ago, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, really, really came into my life. Say, um, about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a journey. Um, <laughs> yes. and maybe we'll get into some of that. Maybe we won't. Um, I'm bringing her on here today as a um, five hundred hour trained, um, RYT yoga, um, instructor, um, yoga guide, um, teacher, um, a, uh, practitioner of the healing arts, um, someone who, uh, is very serious and focused on the healing of, uh, our community and the, uh, community in general. Um, She's also the um, founder of Find Your Free, which is a uh, wellness brand, and we'll get into more of that as well. But without further ado, I bring you um, the love of my life, (laughs) Rachel Voss.
1: I don't think you've ever called me that before. (laughs) Showing off for the camera. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. Hi, Rachel. Hi, David. Uh, so let's jump right into it, Rachel. Um, I want to start, I guess, with, you know, what is yoga? And then we'll carry on from there. But I guess for the, um, you know, just to start with a foundation of like, what is yoga?
1: Yeah, that's a good question to start with. So I have to try not to get super philosophical with it because no, the teacher get- side of me always like wants to just. Would you say
0: you get as philosophical as you want? Okay.
1: Are. Okay. Cause the, the teacher, in me wants to like get in cause there is the perception, like the sort of general perception of what yoga is, mm-hmm. um, which is what I thought at first. And then as you get into the study and the practice of it, like you learn like, Oh, what yoga really is. So, um, in terms of general perception, yoga is this physical practice, right? That's done on a mat and it's these postures and some of them look super cool and some of them look super strong. Um, some of them look super flexible. So it is a, it is a physical body practice, but that's just one aspect of what yoga really is. So yoga is really, um, technically it's an eight limb system of which that physical movement is just a part. Um, and it's really the third part. The first two parts are like how we deal with ourselves, how we deal with the world, um, you know, compassion, um, you know, non-harming things like that. And then we get into the physical practice of yoga. Um, and then there's like self-study, you know, discipline meditation. And then all of it is to lead to this final limb, which is um, what we know as enlightenment, you know, um, and really it's a lifestyle it's a, it's a way of living um and so when i teach yoga i always try to tell students that that it's not just what we're doing it's not just this physical movement on the mat i always say like 5% is what we do on the mat and like 95% is life you know how do we interact with life how do we deal with challenges that come our way how do we deal with things that are totally unexpected you know all of that um and so yoga is a way of life it's it's really like a yeah it's it's a healing art that can help you, you know, deal with this journey of life and all the things that can come with it.
0: That's that's awesome. That's like a
1: super nutshell. No, (laughs) no, no, no. That's
0: (laughs) awesome. Because I I wanted to ask about that distinction because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've tried to um, encourage or urge people in my circle, our circle to um, engage. And a lot of the feedback will say like, you know, I do Zumba or, you yeah. know, um, I can't make my body do that or, you know, yep. X, Y, Z, but it's mm-hmm. very focused on like it being fitness, like a fitness mm-hmm. f- practice. And so I like that you touched in your explanation of what it is touched on that distinction between, you know, the physical practice and yeah. kind of those spiritual you know, kind of, it, uh, I don't know what you want to call it—grounding um, yeah,
1: yeah. of it,
0: of it, of it all. So that's awesome. One
1: aspect, one aspect I forgot to add is the literal definition of yoga means to unite, right? So it's mm-hmm. a practice that, with the spirituality, it's a practice that is meant to help us unite us in mind, body, and spirit. Because sometimes mm-hmm. we can do the Zumba, we can have the physical practice, right? But our mind is not there. Like we're in the class, we're doing the physical movement, but our mind is you know, down the block at the grocery store, or it's like at that conversation you had at work five hours before, or it's like thinking about something that might happen in the future. Right. Or your mind might be at peace and you're doing the physical work, but your spirit's not at peace. Right. So Mm. it is a practice that is meant to unite um, those different aspects of ourselves, Mm. the emotional, the physical and the spiritual, whatever, you Mm. know, spiritual means.
0: So like, so like mindful movement
1: and Mm -hmm. just
0: moving, but being aware that, you're or being in the present with exactly what your body is doing i like that yeah i like that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um how'd you find yoga what brought you to yoga Uh,
1: (laughs) so that's i was thinking about that um because it's a little bit it's not a it's not a linear path right especially like being at this place in my life and seeing when yoga first came into my life and how it played out so initially it came into my life by way of my stepmother, Terry, shout out to my Terry. Um, Terry. So my parents, you know, they split when I was young, like five, they got divorced. And by seven, I had like a stepmother and a stepfather, but my stepmother, Terry, um, it wasn't that she was practicing, like physically practicing. I don't recall her, although she did, but I don't recall that it was more her presence. And that's what I would come to learn later on as I understood what yoga is. She really embraced the lifestyle. And she was just a very different vibe from anything or anybody in my life. So she's like a vegetarian and she's like super soft and she smells like lavender all the time. And <laughs> you know what I mean, like she's burning incense. And it was just, it was a whole different vibe from what I had been used to, you know, in those seven years, you know what I mean, before I met her. And over time, I would realize that she was cultivating this part of me that like needed to be cultivated. But had I not met her, I don't know, you know what I mean, if or when that would have happened. So she initially introduced me to yoga. Like I always call her my OG yogi. And then in life when I was 16, which I actually forgot about this too, until recently, um, one of my brothers, I let him remain nameless, um, was dating a woman at the time and she actually took me to my first proper yoga class. Like I remember like going and like being on the mat and the movement and honestly somebody like passing gas in the middle of the class, which can happen in yoga because it's all about the release. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that that stuck like in my head that moment, like, oh, we're doing that. Um so that was like my first proper yoga class. And then in my 20s, I just kind of would practice here and there on my own. So yogis in my age group, whether you're a teacher or a practitioner or whatever, they might remember there was this tape, this videotape. So I'm really dating myself now called A&P in yoga with Rodney Yee and Patricia Walden. And I would like do that, you know, mm-hmm. just in the evenings or in the mornings or whatever. And I always liked, that's when I kind of started to connect the dots of how I would feel after I do that practice, and like how Terry moved. You know what I mean? Because there was just like this peace, and I was like, okay, you know what I mean. Like I'm starting to get it. Right. Um, but it really made its like big splash in my life. Um, Ten years ago, 2012, um, I was like in a career making good money, but it was just miserable inside because I didn't feel like I was aligned and like my purpose. Um, and things were changing at the job that I was in. It was just a really like tight place for me internally. Um, I was going through a little heartbreak at the time. And on top of that, oh, then I was really, yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> we'll let him remain nameless too. <laughs> and I was going through a little heartbreak at the time. And in the midst of like all of that, I was in like this really bad car accident. And my car was totaled, but I was blessed to walk away. But like a couple of days later, you know, the body pain sets in. And I remember I went to see a doctor. And I'm always so grateful for him because it was like he took one look at me and I always believe like in my heart that he could tell that my spirit was broken because he just took like one look at me and was like you know what i'm gonna take you out of work for like two months so it was like the summer of 2012 i had like all of july and august to just like be and deal with all of this stuff that was going on inside of me and then at the same time i was gifted three yoga classes at a local studio i was in a uh, maryland at the time so it was a studio in dc And in that third class, I remember looking at the teacher. She looked nothing like me, blonde girl from California. She fell into the split, still can't do a split to this day. But it was like the way that she just kind of fell into it with ease. And I was like, I need that in my life. You know what I mean? And I just decided to do a a yoga teacher training from there. Um, And that's, you know, that was 2012. And that began the journey of, and it really wasn't until I got into the teacher training that I truly understood that this is inside-out work, that yoga is truly an inside-out healing, you know, practice. Um, So that's from 2012 on is when yoga became like life for me. And all of the dots started to connect as far as Terry coming into my life, taking that class when I was 16, kind of playing around with yoga here and there in my 20s, and then it coming into my life in a big way uh, when I decided to take the teacher training. Mm,
0: Awesome. That's my yoga
1: story. (laughs) No,
0: no, no. No, that's awesome. You know, I was... um, obviously with our history this conversation can go in a bunch of different directions and so but listening to you you know give your story on just your yoga journey Mm -hmm. reminded me of a previous episode and previous conversation that i had with uh diff you know our guy randy and the theme of that episode was sort of balancing this um, passion, this thing that you fall in love with Mm -hmm. and then transitioning that thing into a um, making a living, you know, a career, so to Mm -hmm. speak. And, you know, hearing that story and, you know, being around a little bit Mm -hmm. when you made that transition Um, let's talk about The journey, that struggle um, of balancing this thing that you love, this thing Mm -hmm. that um, is your own practice, like this thing that you started as your own practice, and then transitioning to wanting to share that Mm -hmm. with other people, and then it becoming like a career or means of income and just what comes with that. That's a long
1: now I got you. <laughs> I got you. And so I
0: don't expect for you to answer that yeah. in like one. <laughs> but let's start with okay, you discover yoga for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you begin to um, implement it as a means of self restoration or whatever the case of cases in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um You do the first training, you do like a second training, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, um, and you'll correct me on the order of things. You decide to leave your career.
1: Yeah. It was before the second training, but after the first, yeah. I was already like gone when I did the second training. Yeah.
0: Take me to that moment. Take me to Mm -hmm. the decision to leave the career and focus on being a yoga teacher or just focus Mm -hmm. on doing yoga? Like what was the, um, decision there?
1: So, no, that's a, that's a great question. So I'm gonna try to get the whole thing. Um, so as I mentioned in my career, I was, I had a whole housing finance, like I was working on Capitol Hill lobbying, running training programs. Like I had a whole, (laughs) you know, different lifestyle. Um, and like I said, the money was good, insurance benefits, all the things that you know you could want and that your parents could want for you, right? Um, but I have this very service-based nature, you know. I want to like just give, and I've been like that since I was a kid. So that feeling was always with me. And when I first moved to to DC from you know from New Jersey, um, I moved to DC for graduate school, and I thought like my intention was to come and like save the world. I was going to use this graduate degree to like save the world. Right. And at the time um, I was interested in anything really that would help me, that would allow me to contribute. But personally I was interested in, in prisoner advocacy because I have, I was a criminal justice major in college. And I remember this course rehabilitation of the offender and the teacher took us to like a minimum security facility and a maximum security facility. And, you know, yeah there are people in the world who do bad things but in general it was just like you know what I mean like they're just they're humans you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. and and the people who are on the inside like they're humans and I got to see that very human side of you know the the prison system you know what I mean um and so wanting to advocate for prisoners was like a thing that was kind of like with me and so I remember trying to get like a job at the um I forget what it's called it was like the the National Prison Project, something like that. It was like, a, but it was an organization that they advocated for prisoners' rights. They wanted to, you know, refine like the criminal justice system, the Rockefeller drug, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I tried hard to get a job, and it just it didn't happen. You know what I mean? And I learned, especially in DC, with some of the nonprofits, like if you don't get in by way of like volunteering or an internship, it's a hard, you know, it's a hard um, industry to break into. So. Got my first job instead in housing by way of my brother, but all things for the good. It was a great career and I learned a lot. I definitely learned a lot about the housing system. Um, But that ended up being my path for the next 10 or so years after graduate school. And so from time to time when this feeling of like you're meant to serve would like come on me. I try to get a job at nonprofits. I try to get a job at just feel good places and nothing would ever pan out. Um, and so when you fast forward to me taking, so I actually took three (laughs) yoga teacher trainings. Um, my my first one was kind of like a a mini training, if you would. So the, the, the training that allows you to have a business and to be registered and all that, that's the 200 hour, that's like the basic yoga teacher training. But my first training was actually like a 40 hour, just kind of get your feet wet, learn a little bit about yoga philosophy and then decide, you know, if you want to move on. And so I found that training, um, when I first decided I wanted to learn more, you know, just about this yoga path. And so (laughs) I'm going to probably go all around in this answer, but we're going to get there. Um, the studio where I took that class where I saw that blonde teacher and I was like, okay, this is what I need. I had actually looked into that studios training program, right? but it was for, you know, just frankly speaking for like, it was mainly like a white community, but yoga, in the West is seen as like a primarily white practice. You know, a lot of the times in the yoga journal covers and yoga things, you just see Lululemon, one look, then white blonde, right? So I was gonna do that. And, you know, I was just like, I don't know, you know, it's a lot of money. And they didn't, they just had their 200 hour. My dear friend, Evelyn, who I always call her that, my dear friend, she's like, oh, you need to check out this yoga studio led by the sister named Dana. Like it's black on, it's really dope. I'm gonna connect you with Dana. And so day or two passes by, she doesn't connect with Dana, it's all good, like, (laughs) you know what I mean, life is life, and I know it's going to take a while before that connection comes, but, and it's just such a, it's all serendipitous, and that's how I know this is the path for me, because things will just literally fall into your lap, you know, Mm. and it turns out Dana and I were in the same Facebook community. This this community called the Red Tent for the woman who have read that book. You know what that's about. And so Dana posted in that Red Tent community. Are you interested in learning more about yoga? Want to look into teacher training, but don't want to commit to the two hundred hours? Check out my you know thirty thirty forty hour you know level one introductory program. And I was like, oh my god, that's who Evelyn was going to connect me with. But you know, she put it in the air. The universe delivered. I connected with Dana and. As far as that goes, the rest is history because I did every training with Dana since then. Um, So I did that 40 hours with her. And that's how I know it was just such a blessing. I felt like I had kind of gotten what I needed to get from that as far as like learning. And Dana's like, no, you need to do the 200 hour. And I'm like, "Eh, you know, I don't know if I can afford it. It's a lot of money, like I'm good. She's like, just enroll in it. We'll worry about the money later. That's what I knew was another, like I was also on the right path because she just made it possible. And so I did the 200 hours, so glad I did six month program. That's when it really like cracked me open in terms of inside out. And I was like, okay, this is deep. Like I get it because any yoga teacher training program that's worth its weight and salt is going to push you to your own personal edge because you have to learn to deal with shit inside of you if -hmm. you're going to put yourself in front of a room full of people and help them heal. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like you have to have done your own inside out work. And honestly, like I wasn't planning on teaching. I just loved what I was learning. You know, I always say like, I love yoga school to this day. You could put me in yoga classroom and I will just thrive. Um, But it was at the end of the training that Dana was like, all right, I got a class I designed just for you to teach. And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) I don't think I want to teach. Same thing with the 200 hours. She's like, okay, so yeah, the class starts on Tuesdays at seven and I look forward to seeing you there. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'm teaching. And so the very long answer to your question was honestly, it was after that first class that I was like, oh, okay, this is huge. Because when I taught, it was maybe like three or four students in the class. But when I taught, I realized I could show authentically as me, just whatever I brought to the table. Um, I got to be happy. I got to be joyful. I felt like I was given something. You know what I mean? Like you're helping. And for any yoga teacher, that first class is scary because you're like, oh, my God, like there's all these bodies. I don't want to hurt these bodies. Do I know? You know what I mean? But as Terry reminded me when you've been blessed with the gift, the gift is always going to come through. You know what I mean? And all the things that you're worried about, like hurting somebody or doing something like, you'll know what to do in the moment. And it did, you just get in the moment, all the fears, all the worries kind of go away. Um, I low-key always wanted to be like a DJ. And so I got to like coordinate the music. And so it was just like a space where I got to bring like all aspects of myself. And after that first class, I was like, okay, this this is huge. This is something, you know, mm-hmm. as far as like me being able to give back. And I taught that first class in September 2013. And that was the only class I taught. Maybe other things here and there, but that was like where I started. Um, and it was probably just short of two years later, January 2015, where the seed first hit me like, I gotta, I gotta do more with this, you know. Mm -hmm. My teacher again, Dana. She had given me a book for Christmas, um, called "The War of Art," Mm -hmm. and you know, and she's like, "You need to read this." And it was just one of those things where it was like, "All right, I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it." And I was coming back from a corporate trip. I had a miserable. It was a beautiful place. The trip was in San Diego. Had a great time in San Diego, but. Just dealing with the corporate stuff it was just i was just at the height you know of my misery and i had brought that book with me and then coming back on the plane i was like you know let me just read this book and by the first 15 pages i was like i know what i have to do and by time that plane landed i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna leave this job um mm. and so i took like a day off between that trip and going back to work and the next day it was like february 4th i'll never forget it because it was terry's birthday that i submitted um my resignation and they were like What are you gonna do? And I was like, I'm gonna teach yoga. And I'll never forget, like, you know, my director at the time was like, you know, like word, like, (laughs) you're gonna leave all of this to go do that. But I was like, This this is what I feel called to do. So Mm -hmm. that's when I first decided, you know, that I was gonna take that leap of faith and make yoga life. But um, and I officially left the corporate world. They gave me like three months to transition out, and I officially left the corporate world on April 30th. And I always say Rachel Voss Yoga was born on May 1st. Um, and honestly. I didn't have a plan. It was something I just fell into, you know what I mean? And I definitely chose some unconventional routes to make it work. You know, I definitely like went all up and through my 401k, <laughs> you know what I mean? That I had saved. I felt like I needed that to support me because I didn't have a savings plan. I didn't have, you know what I mean? Like I didn't plan for this entrepreneurial thing. I just was like literally following my heart and so,
0: so I just you, jumped
1: and trusted that the net would appear.
0: So you, I mean, it's, Safe to say then that you kind of was introduced to something yeah. um that filled, you know, your spirit. Yeah. Um, whilst dealing with something that you felt was like taking away from you. Yes. And really and without, that push
1: and pull.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So really without let's say I want to be a yoga entrepreneur or healing entrepreneur plan. You just said, I want to do more of this and less and less of that. Yes. And you just.
1: This feels right. And that does not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That pays the bills, but this brings me joy. You know what I mean?
0: So you get there and then you're figuring out a plan, obviously, because now it's like, okay, I've removed the salary. I've removed, you know, just I show up, I work, I get a check. It. Yeah. Now it's like, I have to figure out how to supplement that doing this thing that I love yes. to do, but I've got mm-hmm. to figure out how to do it. So then comes like you're figuring out where to teach.
1: Yeah. And, and how build to build that teach, network. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're doing. And I had a kid L- to
1: feed and a mortgage to pay too on top of that. So it was. Facts, facts, facts. So you're mm-hmm.
0: doing, you know, LA fitness here. You're doing. Yes. um so, you know, that begins to just grow and build. You're teaching uh-huh. more. Um, uh-huh. you're moving around. Um, talk about then because we're getting to that 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 point, because at some point, right, like that pressure uh-huh. becomes a thing because uh-huh. You know, maybe the 401k has been tapped into already. And maybe, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? This, that, and the third. And the kid's got needs new clothes now because he's growing. Yep. And there's the so now what started as a self kind of improvement thing mm-hmm. and then turned to a passion of sharing this thing with mm-hmm. others now becomes something that I'm dependent on to pay bills. Right. Let's dive into that, into that because that's still, we're still in that, right? We're still in that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 you know, as long, you know, once we made that commitment, this is now something that we're figuring out. Right. Mm -hmm. Even five, six, seven years later. So let's, let's talk about that. I mean, you know, um, like I said, the conversation I had with Diff was him being a stand-up comedian um, and me being an MC, and mm-hmm. just navigating that. Um, you know, me like I could just go into a studio and just be there as long yeah. as there's somebody feeds me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I can just stay in there. I don't have to be the one, like rapping like I get, right. i'm i just contributing to the music being made like that's that's my happy place right mm-hmm. um and but once i come out of that with whatever that is that five minute song or that ep or album or whatever it is then there's stuff that comes with that yeah that is not the most comfortable space for me and mm-hmm. that's kind of been my struggle so let's talk about some of the struggles of um, you know, something that you would give away for free. Yeah. Becoming yep. something that you have to figure out how to yep. monetize yep. in order to, you know, get by.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like when and then
1: it's mm-hmm.
0: and I'll make it I'll simplify it for you. Give me an an instance, give me a moment where that revelation came to you. Like what was it? were you teaching a class like what was the thing where you were like uh-oh i got to figure some shit out
1: <laughs> probably the first time that i didn't have enough money to pay the mortgage and i was like wait a minute um it's 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 hard to pinpoint it to one thing because it's something i continuously learn right so but i'll i'll try to you know put it in a box and tie it up with a bow but You know, because even when I first left, like, you know how it goes in the corporate world, you get a delay on that first paycheck and then when you leave, you get that paycheck. Right. So I still got a paycheck (laughs) two weeks after I quit. It was probably the first time I didn't get that direct deposit that I was like, okay and i knew i wouldn't but it's right. still like real when you open up cuz it's just a force of habit. let me open up on friday and see that money there. And it was like, oh, <laughs> that money is not there, right? um, you know, but then i was sustaining myself with what i had withdrawn from my 401k. so, you know what i mean, you feel like it's going to be all right and at the beginning, um, which is something i reflect on a lot now 7 years later, it just all feels so possible. you know what i mean, especially because it was so heart centered and it was so like I'm going to do this and I'm going to get and everything had happened. So, like I said, serendipitously that I was like, this is just all going to work, you know, and and things were lining up. So I ended up, you know, I read about these three brothers based in Baltimore that had this um, nonprofit organization teaching yoga and mindfulness to the kids you know, in the environment in Baltimore. Right. And that spoke to that part of me that wanted to be, to do that prison advocacy stuff. Mm. It also spoke to a part of me that always wanted to like have a recreation center for kids and communities and stuff. So I read about them in yoga journal. Interestingly enough, like somebody sent me an article about them and then I read an article about them on my own. So I was like, let me just reach out and volunteer. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That conversation, I ended up working for them like part-time, you know, 20 hours a week. They were like, actually, we could use some assistance in the office. We could use some female energy. So I was always held, you know what I mean? Like, even if it was just getting by, like I was always held and I felt like, oh my goodness, you know. Um, But, you know, so I had that, that kind of part-time income and that helped me to just breathe a little bit to keep things going um, as far as, you know, just trying to build up to teaching because, with yoga, especially you, you have to build your network. You know what I mean? It's the challenge for me is that it is a product by way of this practice. That's super popular. Yoga is a billion dollar industry. You know what I mean? Between apparel and classes and all of the things like it's a billion dollar industry. So there's room for everybody to have a piece, but becoming that billionaire or the millionaire or a hundred, even thousandaire, you know what I mean? It's tough because it requires, um, buy-in it's not like a shirt or a book or something i'm like here sell it like even trying to explain it to my mom you know what i mean like hey mom i'm doing this for a career she's like i don't i don't get it you know what i mean like because there's a whole world of people that don't get yoga and then like you said earlier there's a whole world of people that are like what is this going to do for me so you literally have to put in just with anything though you have to put in that blessed with tears of building up that network and i would say another aha moment was, you know, my cousin Simeon, who was very business oriented, would say like, because like you mentioned, I was teaching these classes at LA Fitness and that was good. And I, the gym looking back was a tough space to teach because they just don't pay. They don't pay their group fitness instructors well. You know what I mean? They were paying me $25 a class and I had like 50 people in the class, right? But it's a really great place to build that network. You know what I mean? So I was probably teaching there for like a cool year and some change when my cousin was like, are you getting these people's like email addresses? And I'm like, no. Cause that was that first moment of like, no, I'm giving them something. I'm not going to turn around and ask them for something. You know, mm-hmm. he was like, dude, like, this is business. Like, you got to get, you know, your emails, your newsletter, your contact information. So I started doing that. So that was probably one of the first, as far as like just business 101, like, oh, get the information. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't even know that. Because mm. like you said, in a corporate environment, especially where I worked, there was a marketing team. There was a human, you know, there was everything. And then you realize like, oh, I am the marketing. Oh, I am business development. Oh, I am HR. Oh, I am, mm. you know what I mean? And mm. I got to get the service. Like, facts, facts. so that's why I say like over time with these different moments where I learned things, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I am every department. And so I started collecting emails and was able to build my newsletter, baby and all that stuff from there um but it was also at the gym where a student of mine said hey would you come to my job if I could like you know make the ask for us to have Mm. yoga and then I started teaching at her job and then she was like hey can you just like come to my house so this (laughs) one student gave me the opportunity of having like a corporate contract and then my first private yoga contract nice um and so you know so yeah, I would say those early stages. Um, like I said, I jumped out May 1st, 2015. So probably between 2015 and 2017, it was just like, okay, this is all on me. Um, and then you have Instagram just kind of starting to get super popular at the time, right? And another thing I learned, I just I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't share this. Like, so I start following all the yoga accounts, all the yoga teachers who like just seem like they're doing or teaching the way I like to teach. And there was one in particular, you know, her (laughs) that I've been following since then. And she was the first one that showed me it could be a lifestyle brand. Like you can have a business because like she would teach and she had her husband and her dog and they were going to all her retreats and all this stuff together. So I'm like, oh, like this can be, it doesn't just have to be in a studio, right? Because When you decide to make yoga your business, the first thing is like, oh, are you going to open a studio? And while I was clear, while I was not clear on what I was like wanted to do for sure, I was very clear, like I don't want to have a studio. I I knew I wanted to move around. You know what I mean? And just kind of have freedom and flexibility. Um, But I share the Instagram piece because I just started doing what she did on Instagram thinking if I, <laughs> if she gets 50,000 likes, I'm going to get 50,000 likes. And it didn't work that way <laughs> because
0: right, right. frankly,
1: she was blonde and tall and lived in Aruba and you know, she's it's doing it's handstands it's on a beach and a different, I got my client,
0: different clientele,
1: different clientele, but I had to learn that. And if you know what I mean, that was a very, very, very key thing for me to learn is like, get the jewels of like, okay, this can be a thing where your work is your life and your life is your work. But that client base, the return on your, you know, Instagram investment, and all stuff is just going to be very different for different people in different populations. And I had to definitely learn that
0: for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, it, so that that's an ongoing thing, right? With yes. just fine yes. finding the audience and doing that work. What, yes. What has been like one of your struggles just in that, um, you know, finding, mm-hmm i guess your your niche and you know doing that as someone like the name of um your business is Rachel Voss yoga so right, right. you've kind of you're promoting yourself as right. the business yes. and so i don't know what does that require like what have you found that because again like I'm Trom Diggs, right? Right. And so that's not really my government, but obviously, but I'm as a rapper, it's like me, I'm I'm the guy. Like it's yeah. music and right. it comes it, it comes from me, but you're almost doing that with yoga. Like you're yeah. Like, I'm yeah. the yogi. Like it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Talk about yeah. what that journey has been like especially from a marketing and like promotion space i guess yeah
1: yeah that's that's been a a big learning lesson too because um especially again with the introduction of instagram right so everybody's posting handstands and like crow pose, which is a super challenging arm balance posture that I'm still trying to get to this day, but you, you got people doing crow pose on like a fallen tree in the forest. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like all of these pictures, all of these things. And again, even though I'm teaching, I'm not doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? And I don't have some, you know, super beautiful Island background. Like I said, I'm in my condo trying to take a picture in front of my kid's door. You know what I mean? Like just trying to work with like what I have, um, But what I was trying to sell at first was the yoga, you know what I mean, was like because Instagram was making it very look at me, look at me, look at me. I thought that's what I had to sell. Right. But then I'm not posting as much as everybody's posting. Or again, I'm not doing some super sexy pose that might get me all the likes and whatever follows and stuff like that. Right. So I'm trying to sell that and I'm frustrated because I feel like i am hitting my head like against the wall, you know what I mean? Because it's like, why am I not getting these follows? Or why am I promoting this class? And, you know, only two people are coming or, you know, whatever it is. But again, you you compare yourself, which is, you know, definitely not good. <laughs> but you're comparing yourself to other people that are doing the same thing. And it's like, why is it working for them and not for me? Um, And so, yeah, my, my, my business is Rachel Voss Yoga. But quick backstory it was actually the loving yogini. Like that was my initial name when I first got on Instagram was the loving yogini. Um, but a dear friend of mine Kathar, shout out to her. I did a, and this was actually, yeah, I'm having an aha moment right now. I had an aha moment then, but I'm having an aha moment about the aha moment, but Kathar is a beautiful Muslim sister. Um, and so she asked me if I could hold a private class for her and a group of women, um, you know, other Muslim women. And, you know, it was really important that it was a woman leading the class, that there were not men in the class because of just, you know, that aspect of the practice, just keeping the sanctity of women. Mm-hmm. And and at that time, that's why I say it was like a aha moment for me at the time, it was full circle because I had actually practiced Islam for like a couple of years. And so I under and Qatar helped me through that process when I was a practicing Muslim. And so I automatically understood the need. That they were looking for and i was able to give them that need. but when we were putting that class together because Kathar's is like a she's like an artist a visual artist you know photographer all the things and so she's like you should use your name like the r the v and the y like it just flows so beautifully together like drop the love in yogini and just be rachel voss yoga and again it just felt like another serendipitous moment where it just felt right you know um but i'm having an aha moment about that moment because that i'm realizing like that was kind of the first inkling that it's like, don't sell the yoga per se, but like the experience, you know what I'm saying? Like, what can you give? It, it, it's not just like, you're not just selling the posture, you're you're selling like an experience, you're selling, or not even selling, but you're providing, you're offering like a space. And so there are women like this group of Muslim women in the world that don't care about a handstand. They just want a safe space to practice and you can right. give them that, you right. know what I'm saying? And so you right. start to learn like, oh, there are aspects of myself that I can offer that only I can offer because I've had this walk and I've had this experience. And that's right. when I started to learn. And I'm, and that's the part I'm still kind of flushing out now because mm-hmm. we do live in this very social media driven world. And so you want to make sure you get the sexy picture. Um, but you know me, I love to write. I love to share. I love to be vulnerable. And there was all of that. You know what I mean? That it was way more than just, I just want to sell the posture. I want to mm-hmm. sell like... And I, I try to stay away from myself, but, you know what I mean? But I want to share, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just, I want to speak to the people who feel like they're just out there alone, but they're going through things. I want to speak to the woman who feels weird inside herself. I want to speak to the Muslim woman who's looking for a safe space or the mixed woman who's trying to understand her place in this, you know, and I had all of that to give. And so it took me a couple of years, but when I finally started to learn that, that's when Rachel Fox was the umbrella, but I started to push my message of find your free because that's mm-hmm. really what I was trying to sell. And that was something that came up for me naturally when I used to do my Facebook posts and I was still in the corporate world. Like, I'm trying to figure my way out. It just came to my mind, finding my free. And I would always use this hashtag, finding my free. And then, uh, you know, along in my yoga journey a couple of years in, I realized, like, oh no, I want other people to find their free. Like, that's what it is I'm trying to share. That's what it is I'm trying to sell. And it became more about, promoting that as opposed to like, you know, do this really cool, you know, pose, you know, Mm -hmm. on a boat in the middle of the water or
0: something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's important though, right? Yeah. Because I think in that, that's part of um, obviously defining your um, mission and your practice. Mm -hmm. It's also about kind of, again, that separation between the um, accomplishment of like, Mm the physical poles, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And making it more about, um, a journey towards yes. something and yes. using, um, the postures or using yoga in itself to help in that journey. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes about more than just, just, Asanas. I said that right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She did. Good job. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah. You know, so you're speaking to someone who might not necessarily be looking for yoga. Right. But they're looking maybe for something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I've a little bit in reverse, but how... I learned that in the gym because people would come to the gym thinking, I just want to do yoga and it's free. I get a free class or I get the class, you know, with my gym membership, but I, I would teach a strong practice, but it wasn't just like, power gym. You know what I mean? Like I really tried to create a studio experience in the gym with the music, with my spray, like my students that know me know I have my, my lavender spray. Um, and, I say it's in reverse because maybe they came looking for the yoga. But a lot of times, especially those people that were signing for emails, they left like I didn't even know I needed that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know I was looking for something. But now I know I'm looking for something. So now I'm coming back for more because I need more of that. You know, the asanas are, you know, I, I don't mean to sound like, oh, it's not just about them. They are super, super, super important because that physical practice. We have gentle yoga, we have restorative, there's all different types of yoga. But when we go through the yoga where it's a physical practice that feels like it's challenging us, we use those postures to help us. Like I will say, Picture this posture as like traffic. Picture this posture as like the line in the grocery store. Picture this posture as the thing that just irritates you or challenges you or makes you angry or or challenges your emotional regulation. And how can we use this posture? How can we be in this moment? You know what I mean? And work through this challenge and breathe and just settle in you know what I mean, into this moment and apply that to our lives off the mat. So that's why the postures are important. They do a lot for our bodies physically. I will say that all day long. They help protect our joints and our muscles, and they're really great for, like, our senior population in terms of helping them with balance and things like that. Um, but in terms of turning it into that, like, spiritual personal development experience, it's like using the challenges of the postures to help us with our challenges and our life, you know, like I could say, off the mat. Mm, so. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, did that
0: answer your question? It did. It did. Okay. It did. And so, finding your free or find your yes. free. Yes. Yes. Um, it's you're still finding your Every free day, right? Mm-hmm. We all are finding our yes. free, so mm-hmm. to speak. So, it's not a brand that says, like, hey, I did it now you right. can do it right mm-hmm. it's more of like implementing these tools that help us along this journey of yes. finding our freedom right mm-hmm. um tell me or let's or, or, or just talk about some of your um if you don't have one distinct one but some of your biggest challenges in this journey, mm-hmm. whether it be the yoga or just the, the brand find your free or just your personal journey of finding your free, yeah. um, some of the biggest challenges and some of the most like fulfilling moments or one fulfilling moment and one like challenge or something that's still challenging you, but something yeah. that, you know, kind of is the most fulfilling aspect of what you do.
1: It's a good question. Because <laughs> yeah, there's like many the answers what, for both.
0: This is, why, this is why I got the show, baby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: this is good, right? Um, okay. Challenges, because um, there's definitely enough, right? Because there's, you know, there's financial. There's like, how do I make a real? Like, there's all these different things, right? But um, it, to kind of make it a clean cut answer, I would say hmm, it's two things. Um,
0: so, is it marketing?
1: Yes, yeah, so I was gonna say that. But 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 it, it ends up wise twofold is you know, because rewind selector, okay. <laughs> I am promoting me basically and the work that I share in this world, right? So it's like you said, essentially I'm marketing myself, right? So from a business standpoint, um, that could be challenging because I don't want to post on instagram every day like i want to post when i feel like posting because when i first got on the socials that's how i did it i would just get on and i would post my feelings or thought or whatever you know what i mean and then i would just go on you get to a place where it's like no i have to post right and some days it just doesn't feel authentic and that's a challenge for me because my work is based you know in authenticity Mm -hmm. so from a business aspect just still learning the art of branding is something i continue to learn um, I just I never had entrepreneurs around me I never like I'm, I've am i been learning this all as I go along and I know you could do like how to's on YouTube and stuff like that but it's like I just want somebody to come and just like do this you know what I mean um, but I have to learn all that on my own so from a business perspective the marketing can be challenging it it's easier because there are all there are all these free tools down by way of social media but it's challenging because you have to do the things like i don't want to get on tiktok and we understand now that tiktok is like one of the biggest places for business development and advertising and all that stuff because tiktok is where it's at i don't want a tiktok account you know what i mean i'm happy in my instagram world and i'm happy trying to make that work but even within that it's like there's still things to do like you know what i mean so that can be challenging
0: what um, and Mm -hmm. just just to jump in on that yeah have you pinpointed or just explored like what about? Because again, same conversation I had with Diff, and he pretty mm-hmm. much said the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. What is it? Is it a, a gener? It's not a generational thing because there's some people who are not even promoting anything who are promoting all the yeah. time, right? They just yeah. love being engaging. Yes, yeah. social media. Like what? What if? you discovered about yourself that makes it difficult to do that there
1: well I think it's both in I do think because I agree I'm not going to just like oh it's generational we're all old heads because no you're right there are definitely people 40s 50s 60s that are taking the social media world by storm and more power to them however I do think when we didn't grow up with a phone in our hands because I have nieces now in their twenties and thirties. And I remember them having the phone in their hand at like 10, you know, 11. I remember seeing my niece fall asleep with the phone in her hand and waking up like, you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? That's not what we did, you know? So I say it's both. And by way of, it's just not a natural inclination to me to just say, Oh, the phone, the phone, the phone, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like I said, as it was in the beginning, just when I feel like it, um, but then the end part is there's me, you know what I mean? I like to show up when I like to show up. I'm not a person that always likes to be in the spotlight or always likes to talk. I mean, I can do it, you know what I'm saying? But it's not, it's not a natural thing for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't just wake up like, you know, and I have to remind myself to create content. You know what I mean? Like I'll be out and then I'll come home like, Oh shoot, that would have been perfect for a reel or for a message or something. But I don't, you know what I mean? So I think it's a little bit me that I'm just like kind of like, which is ironic because my business is all about me in a way and what I promote. Right. But I'm also very much the Scorpio, you know, that's my sun sign. So I tend to retreat into like, eh, don't look at me. I don't need the spotlight. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's that aspect of me that's just like I'm not for all of this. And I do think it's a little bit generational where I just don't have that natural inclination. Um And that's a challenge because as much as I want to resist that, it is the way of the world. It doesn't have to be the only thing, you know what I mean? Like, because there is something to be said about, I will always believe there's something to be said about getting to know people in the community and offering yoga through community spaces and stuff like that. Um, I still very much rely on my newsletter, you know, a mentor once told me like, yeah, Instagram and all of these platforms, they're really, really great, but what happens when they go out? How do you, if your only method of connecting with people is through the social media stuff and they just decide to pull the plug on all the, you know, all the outlets one day, what happens? And that happened. There was a day where like Facebook and Instagram, I think it was right before the pandemic, where Facebook and Instagram went down for like a whole day and the world was in a tizzy. But if that had carried on, I still had 400 people. It might not be the thousand or whatever people that are following me, but I still have 400 people I could still touch and connect with and share that same message with via my newsletter that I would share on Instagram. And frankly, the 400 people in my newsletter are probably more true followers than the Instagram folks outside of the ones who are both, you know what I mean? But the ones who are we get in my newsletter, they're invested in what I have to say. They want to get those emails in their inbox. So yeah. So I'm kind of, I still believe in old fashioned practices of like touching the people, but you do, I like, I had to get over that resistance of social media and just try to make it work, you know, and it can be fun sometimes.
0: And then, and then, you know, what brings you joy? Like,
1: and that even
0: leads into why, why continue the struggle?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So real quick, just to get back to the other aspect of your marketing question, I was going to say another personal challenge was just still developing my own sense of confidence and that finding my own free. Um, My message of finding free is very parallel to the healing journey in general. It's like you said, it's a continuum, right? So we heal from certain things, but we're always healing. You know what I mean? And so, and that learning that in life, it's like, Oh, okay. Cause we do, we get through something. We think we've made it through this trauma or this pain or this experience. And then we go along and then something else comes and it triggers all of the things. Right. So you start to learn it's a continuum. And I've had to learn that myself about finding your free. So I love that I teach this healing practice and my, <clears throat> excuse me, my message is parallel to that. You know, that it's just constantly something. So the freedom that I've, might have experienced now, say by way of quitting my corporate job, will be a different sense of freedom, you know, in my 60s. So, tying that into joy, um, what brings me joy is it's a couple of things. You know, it's not, it has not been a linear path, it hasn't been a linear experience. It's been downright scary sometimes, and I think any entrepreneur who doesn't have a million dollars or family inheritance to work with, who's really trying to get it out the mud. It's scary because there are days when you're like, how am I going to feed this kid? How am I going to pay the mortgage? I got to pay the mortgage over this credit card bill. You know what I mean? Like it's, you have to make real decisions sometimes when you're in it. And so it's scary, but I will always take joy in knowing that I chose myself because that's what I did when I left that corporate job. Like I did not have a plan. I had a lot of fear, but I, up until that moment, I was very much following a template that my parents, especially my mom, like laid out for me, go to school, you get your good job, you get married, (laughs) you know what I mean? And that's it. And then you retire. And I was on that path, but it wasn't working for me. And at that point I was divorced, you know, all the things that I was working for was just like, this is not happening for me. And so I know that when I decided to step out, I didn't think about my mama. I didn't think about my dad. I didn't think about anybody but me and my happiness. And, some might say, well, why did you think about how you're going to feed your kid? Because in that moment, my happiness was more meant more to me for him than anything. You know what I mean? And I wanted him to see that he didn't have to follow that same template. And I knew it was important for me to, to, to take that step. So I always will find joy in that. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes when it does get hard or sticky or scary. It's like you still made this choice. You did this. And for better or for worse, you're still on this path, you know, seven years later. Um, but I always get joy, David, from the students who reach out like right after a class like my spirit needed that. Like you always just happen to say the thing that I needed in this moment. Um, I was having just a really, really, really bad day. You know what I mean? And, and this class has now just turned me all around. Um, a big moment of joy and pride, honestly, was when everything happened in 2020 and the world stopped. And I always thought about like, damn, if I was in that corporate job. I don't feel like I would have had anything to offer the world. But when that happened, I had something to offer the world. People were anxious. People were scared. People were trapped at home. And I jumped right online and built my business into a virtual business, you know, and and that brought me joy that I could give something to people in a moment where the whole entire world just seemed scary and uncertain and unsure, you know, Mm and then just another, another testimony. huh?
0: No, I said, and you created a space, which is I what created you created space, yeah, and it know. actually
1: was a great, I mean, for me, <laughs> the pandemic was actually great for my business because it gave me a model that I was looking for that I didn't realize I needed, you know, because I was struggling. I mean, I was making it work in the community, but I was struggling with trying to put it together. And then virtually it was just like, oh, I just got going down of my little room and, <laughs> you know what I mean? I could touch as many people as I want to touch. Um, but to wrap it up, another testimony that comes to mind is a student who has been with me um, since 2017, I think. Um, and I didn't know, like she comes and she's always smiling and you know, all this stuff. I did not know the depression and the things that she was suffering from on the inside. And one day she really took a moment to send me an email and was like, there were days where my life was on the line within Mm -hmm. myself. And I I took your class and it gave me a reason to keep on living. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's just like, yo, like, This is deep, you know what I mean? And so it's why I, this, it's so important to me to just teach with like integrity and authenticity, because until somebody tells you, like, sometimes you, you might not even realize like you, not to sound like this, but you have somebody's life in your hands. Like, you know, if she had come in and I was in a bad mood, there's no telling what that could have done for her, you know, just, you never know, but it makes you realize like, so You remember during the pandemic, I would always say there were the first responders, you know, the nurses, the hospitals, and then there was the spiritual responders because it felt like the world was kind of spiritually crumbling at the time. And, you know, we needed the spiritual Avengers to hold it up. And I was, I'm very grateful. I will always be grateful that I was able to be a part of that, you know, for whatever community, you know, I touched. So
0: Oh that's amazing that's amazing mm-hmm. what is a uh, peaceful easeful, useful
1: <laughs> useful and, and joyful. joyful yes so i will say um my so my step, so Terry's teacher is um, a yogi who has since passed on, but his name is Swami Sachitananda. And for anybody who might be familiar with it, Sachitananda founded this beautiful place called Yogaville um, in Virginia, um, and it's an ashram, and you can go and do retreats or just go and just be there and live off the land and do yoga a million times a day and all this stuff. I love Yogaville. Um, so Sachitananda. He has um, just different sayings and books and things like that. So I was listening to one of his talks one day and he said, like, may we live a life that is peaceful, easeful, useful and joyful. He also said, um, and I might not be saying it exactly, but the one who is the happiest is the one who brings happiness to others. And that's a guiding light for me, you know, Mm -hmm. because I do find joy in bringing happiness to other people. It just it fills my soul. Um, but yeah, so he said that, and I, when I heard that in the talk one day and I was like, I love that, you know, I, I do, I love that. And so at the end of all of my yoga sessions, meditations, you know, just all of my offerings, I always say, maybe be peaceful, easeful, useful, and joyful. So a little bit, I lovingly borrowed it, um, made a little bit of my own, but that's, that's what that is on my shirt. So.
0: And so that becomes kind of the mantra for how you, um,
1: mm-hmm
0: live and also you know do the find your free thing like that's that's at its best that's what you're doing at your best if you
1: had to boil it down to four things living a life that is peaceful living a life with ease living a life of purpose and living a life of joy you know Mm -hmm. like those are things that really are our divine rights you know
0: that's awesome that's i mean you know i couldn't have wrapped this up any better
1: um (laughs) Are we wrapping up? I didn't where, get to say about prison where, yoga. That brings me joy too. I, couldn't, I can't not talk about my journey without talking about prison yoga. So that
0: brought me joy too. <laughs> go, go for it. Tell us about prison yoga. What is the yeah. what is prison yoga?
1: Super quick. Um, well, because it ties back to me being that criminal justice major in college and wanted to do prisoner advocacy. And, and I just feel I have to share it because it's just another moment of the serendipity and that when you are on the path, Even if you can't see the full destination, even if you can't see the next step in front of you, but you're on your heart center path, I always call them like light posts or guide posts, like you'll get a light every step of the way, even if it's just the step in front of you. Right. And so around 2016, um, I learned a lot from Yoga Journal because that's where I learned about the brothers in Baltimore. But so um, Yoga Journal w- was highlighting the Prison Yoga Project, which is based out of California, and I just um, yogically fell in love with the founder because of what he was doing, which was basically bringing yoga classes into prison systems in California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, damn, like I want to do that. You know what I mean? It spoke to that that passion in me. Um, so fast forward, and this is the blessing of social media. I was connected with a sister through social media. Shout out to Amika, who was based in New Jersey, um, and she was working with an organization called Liberation Prison Yoga, and they were doing um, trainings for yoga teachers and uh, wellness practitioners, like meditation teachers, to teach classes. There they were primarily in Rikers, so they would go to Rikers and other facilities in that New York, New Jersey, kind of Connecticut corridor. Um, they were holding a training. She's like, you should come. I went up to New York. I did the training. And then the woman who founded Liberation Prison Yoga was actually a student of the James Fox who founded Prison Yoga. So I told her, like, I'm in Maryland. I would love to do this work. She's like, Oh yeah, talk to such and such. So I talked to such and such when I got back. Turns out there was a whole prison yoga group in Maryland. Um, I went through their training. It's the trauma-informed training, which was so important for me to learn. It's a whole other level of being a yoga teacher. Um, And that's a different conversation for a different day, because then we get into the trauma of the Black community, the trauma of the... You know, there's just so many, you know. But having that trauma-informed training was was a beautiful added layer for the work that I do. Um, And so I went through their training and then began teaching um, in local... Correctional facilities in the Maryland area. And I taught the women populations. I did that for three or four years and only got stopped because of the pandemic. And then ultimately, you know, we moved here by the time they started moving around again. But it was dope because the one prison where I was teaching, the woman um, who was kind of like the the lead point of contact for the Maryland prison yoga group, she created um, the first teacher training program for women on the inside. And mm-hmm. so they got certifications. And when they came out, they had a skill set that they could apply and start yes. teaching like right away. So it was so super dope. And I think since then, they've done two or three cycles of women who've been able to get their 200 hour certification on the inside.
0: That's beautiful. Um, and
1: it was just so dope to be able to be to be a part of that and to contribute to that. And so that brought me a lot of joy. You know, because I was useful <laughs> and I was joyful. You know, that
0: is beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. No, 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 no. It's all yeah. good. So, what's next for Rachel Voss yoga? Not by way of like dates or anything, because yeah. obviously this airs when it airs. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. But
0: what for your vision, like, and for what you want, um, to, your, uh, you know, it's a business, but so yeah. business. But your mission to um, mm-hmm. to grow into what what's on the horizon for Rachel Voss Yoga and find your free,
1: find your free. Well, this past year has been a challenging year, as you know. We moved from Maryland to Georgia. My dad passed, so it's just been a lot of change, um, and it kind of just knocked me, you know, off my center, to be honest. And I kind of didn't know <laughs> where Rachel Voss Yoga was going. Um, you know, I had my virtual community and stuff, but again, all of that just kind of had to pause when life happened. Um, but I feel myself coming back to center and I'm able to kind of start to see what could be down the line. Um, but I definitely want to write a book. I do have a book inside of me and I want to write a book based on Find Your Free, um, a self help book, if you would, personal development like that kind of, but it would not be so cheesy. <laughs> I also want to do a book of Find Your Free affirmations. So that's that's long term vision. Um, I was a single mom, as you know, for ten years, and that was a journey. Um, before you came along and made us a family, so well, we were already a family, but a a unit, if you would. Um, but I've always had this um, idea of creating a wellness-based program for single mothers, and I want to really—that's been on the shelf of my brain for like six years now. It was actually a project I had to do for that second-level training, so I want to really get that off my mental shelf and get it out in the world like a cohort mentorship based program um i would like to do more mentorships. i'm currently mentoring two yoga teachers who are looking to make that transition from career to full-time you know full-time entrepreneur so i want to do more of that um And not just for people who want to go the entrepreneurial route, but who just want to be be the best yoga teacher that they can be. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So more mentoring in that way. Retreats for sure. (laughs) Definitely um, 2023. I'm claiming there will be a retreat somewhere in this world led by Rachel Voss Yoga. Um, And just I mean, I could go on and on, but just really make him find your free a real lifestyle brand. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That. People are wearing it on shirts, people are saying it, people are hashtagging it, you know what I mean, and really having that experience for themselves. I want to make my work just get out there so much that, you know what I mean, everybody understands that find your free, you know, is a personal journey. Um, for just development and living your most full life. So
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah. what is there anything um in the way of that is there anything that i can do to get <laughs> to facilitate that. or is or is that's probably going to get us into the next time you
1: know, <laughs> the relationship stuff
0: the next time you're on this um
1: <laughs>
0: no show. You just i'll be being
1: you i appreciate have,
0: you well we'll have to bring you back because you're an yeah. easy you're an easy hour this is the easiest
1: <laughs> i'm so nervous that oh yeah
0: you wouldn't know you wouldn't know yeah. <laughs> um So, yeah, because uh, not that we have a time limit on this um, podcast, but I I feel bad for um, producer Anthony because – um, you know yeah. we I could easily get another two hours out of you and he'd have to edit all of that <laughs> yeah. and I don't want to do him like that but we'll definitely um I mean how do you feel you feel good you feel I feel like good you would, I appreciate come-
1: I'm honored like because I know being your partner I know your vision I know what you're building and I'm honored you know that I can contribute and take part so I feel good I'm glad well, more we'll, of this this is all I mean I need more of this <laughs> I
0: think, we'll, I, think we'll, yeah. I think we'll you know we're we'll, We'll bring you into rotation as a guest. Yeah, host. I appreciate have it. You, have you hang out with us every once in a while. Um yeah. The Find Your Free Podcast. Is that coming back?
1: That okay, is I'm coming back. Thank you, you for reminding me of that. Um, yes, that is coming back. I took a took some time off, you know, just dealing with life. But taking a
0: lot of time off, man.
1: I know, I know. But the past three sixty five, you know. They've been, they've been tough, you know, it's yeah. kind of knocked me around a little bit, but
0: oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it
1: back together slowly but surely. So yeah, so. but the podcast, this this has definitely inspired me to get back well, on my that, own that. microphone. So that's, yes, that's, the Find Your Free podcast
0: will be That's coming. the point. Yeah. That's what we... But
1: quick plug for anybody who has never experienced the Find Your Free podcast, I do have 23 episodes in the tuck, so you can find me on yeah, all yeah. the platforms, Apple, Spotify, and all the things. So if you want to get a taste of what my podcast is about, um, you could definitely check that out, so.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And um I mean find we'll your free put, book
1: club. My find your free book club. Well, hey, listen, that. plug all the things. <laughs> I'm plug I'm doing every, things. I'm doing plug, things. Um, plug real all plug. The things. <laughs> My real quick plug for that is um I host the Find Your Free Book Club. It's a free offering, and actually that was something that came out of me um just trying to learn how to manage the grief with my dad. You know what I mean? I needed a place. I needed to do something, but I just didn't feel ready to teach yet. And so I saw another book club that I was actually going to sign up for and their fee was like $30 a month. And you get a lot of things for it, but I was like, I don't want to pay to read. Like, you know what I mean? And then I was like, I could hold this space you know, and do it for free. And it will encourage me to read because if I'm going to lead it, I got to read it. You know what I mean? And I just decided to pull it together. And the, it's primarily been women who have attended, but it's open to all. Um, But the women who have joined have been like, oh, my God, I needed this space. So we meet once a month on Sundays. We have a book of the month um, and we meet for about two hours and we have really beautiful discussions. And the books are not just any books. They're books related to wellness and self-development, yoga and stuff like that. And so right now we're um, reading the Celestine, I hope I'm saying that word correctly, Prophecy. Um, And so our next meeting, we did skip August just because August has been a bit of a month, but um, our next meeting is on Sunday, September 25th. And all you got to do is log into Zoom. So if you go to RachelVossYoga.com, click the Find Your Free Book Club tab. And all you got to do is sign up. You don't even have to have the book. People come who haven't even read the book. They just like to come for the discussion. So Um, and that's something I definitely want to continue to grow, like by way of like Oprah's book club. You know what I mean? Like if I could become on that level that Would feel really good, you and my dad loved to read, he loved to read, it was like a sport for him, so it, it's a nice way to kind of pay homage to you know what he liked to do. So, nice, yeah, nice,
0: yeah. So, Rachel um, Voss is
1: mm-hmm. where, and I'm Rachel Voss Yoga, everything Instagram, Facebook, website, just plug in Rachel Voss Yoga, and I should come up.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been yeah. a treat.
1: <laughs> Say, thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> it's
0: Rachel Voss of Rachel Voss Yoga and Find Your Free. Mm-hmm. Um, another episode in a can of Major Journalism um, with David Trom Dig Shanks. Um, see you guys in two weeks. Bless up. Salute. <laughs> <Namaste>. <laughs> <laughs>